you know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Yet another episode of First and Foxborough. I am your host, your guide, your dude, Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you are following, subscribing, checking this out, all that other good stuff that I keep saying every single day. Whatever it is, make sure you are doing it on the Free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. I got a special one today. Um, obviously, it's been it's been Bears Week and. As most of you know, because I've only said it like 87 times on this podcast, I'm originally from Chicago, so I got a lot of friends out that way, used to cover the Bears a little bit, and now I have with me on this show the man who is responsible for giving me my first taste of radio action, so it is hit, it, it's arguably his fault that I am here right now doing this podcast, which I don't know if I should be madder about that or if... He should, or you know, if you guys are matter about it, I don't know. But Vito Abenanti is here today. Vito, once again, giving you the shout out for uh, bringing me on uh, Sports Town Chicago back in 2016. It was literally like the week before I was supposed to get married. Um, well, I did get married. Uh, so <laughs> I was gonna say it didn't prevent you from getting married. Everything. So I mean, like it didn't it didn't completely ruin my life from that standpoint. Um, and since then. Um, guess we've just kind of kept on, uh, you know, churning it out and we get to come for full circle today, man. How's it going? It's great, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, this is, uh, this is great. It's good. It's good to connect with you again. You know, we, uh, at one point we had a weekly show, uh, yeah. um, you know, and, and obviously life gets in the way, but, uh, work kids, all that kind of stuff. But I really appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, it's great to be back back on a podcast with you, back on a show with you, and get to be talking sports, and more specifically, um, your current local team and my current local team uh, facing off on Monday night this week, which is interesting because I can only assume that the Patriots are playing on Monday night based on, I don't know, 20-odd years of recent success, and the Bears are playing on Monday night because someone hasn't been watching the Bears for I don't know the past thirty-five years or so, um, and thinks that they deserve a Monday night game. So it, it's a it's a confusing matchup, but uh, one I'm pretty excited to get to talk to you about today. Well, you know it's interesting because this is the third and last. Thank God for everyone. Third and final primetime game for the Chicago Bears this year. Um, I'm very sorry for everybody who's had to to endure that. I mean, just imagine how we feel. Uh, but I mean, I think the draw was pretty much about the quarterbacks. It was about yeah. Mac Jones versus Justin Fields. And it's interesting that we are where we are right now because, I mean, Justin Fields, obviously, you know, talented coming into his second year. It has not been going very swimmingly for him at all. Some of it is his fault. Some of it is not. And then you have on the other side of things, Mac Jones, who was by far the best rookie quarterback of that bunch last year comes in and struggles through his first three games 
kind of turns the corner a little bit against Baltimore. Yeah, he throws three interceptions. That's the part everybody remembers. But he looked a lot better in that game before he gets hurt. And then Bailey Zappi comes in and starts stealing his thunder. And now it's like, are we even going to get this Justin Fields versus Mac Jones matchup? It looks like we are heading towards it. Keep on hearing reports from the likes of Jeff Howe, The Athletic, Ian Rappaport, saying that he was getting uh, most of the first team reps with the offense on Saturday, though kind of got to be a little bit uh, careful about drawing too many conclusions from that, especially if it's a walkthrough sort of practice, then uh, it might be kind of playing the game. So honestly, we don't know what's going to happen Monday night just yet, but it sounds like Mac Jones has a very good chance of playing in this game. So we might get that matchup after all. But look, we have, and, and I've said this a couple of times this week, we've been through this before, uh, growing up watching the Chicago Bears. As you mentioned off air, backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town because the starter usually sucks or, <laughs> it, or everybody just, you know, he throws an interception. Oh my God, get the kid in there. That's it. Get him out of here. Exactly. The Patriots have been backup proof for like 20 years. Heading up into, in, in, until Tom Brady left town a couple of years ago, nobody was ever clamoring for Tom Brady to take over, or you know, somebody to take over for Tom Brady. And if they were, it was like one person out of about fifty thousand or whatever it was. But now they're in the situation where there is no Tom Brady. It's it's you know rookies and young quarterbacks or washed up retreads and Cam Newton. And so now we're looking at it like the the, the New England Patriots are just like everyone else now. How wild is that? Well, it's and it's funny you mention that because even in New England, when I think about it over the past 24 years, 23 years, Tom Brady was the backup. He came in due to an injured Drew Bledsoe. Right. And he didn't light the world on fire, but he did enough to earn his spot. And then he became Tom Brady. As time went on, he became, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the single greatest quarterback of all time. When Tom Brady got hurt, when he broke his leg, Matt Castle comes in. That was the year Matt Castle came in, correct? Matt yeah, yeah, Castle was, comes in. for his ACL in game one of the season, and Matt Castle plays the rest of the year. Matt Castle plays the rest of the year. They end up winning something like 11 games and missing the playoffs. They won 10 they games, won 10 and, games missed the and missed the playoffs. So, And I don't, I'm not going to say Matt Castle led the world, let the world on fire, but <clears throat> Matt Castle comes in. He's the backup to Tom Brady. He comes in, he has this pretty solid season overall in the Belichick system, whatever you want to call it, say it's Belichick's system and say that's how the quarterback's successful, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Matt Castle comes in, has this good year, and I don't think anyone was clamoring for Matt Castle to take over for Tom Brady, but there were other teams that wanted Matt Castle's services following that year. Yeah. A couple years later, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, fills in for Tom Brady has some pretty good games in the Bill Belichick system, ends up making tens of millions of dollars and getting traded for high draft picks to go to San Francisco. So it's funny, here in Chicago, it was always, we want the backup because the guy that is starting either, to your point, is terrible or we just don't like him. My right. favorite was, he. we don't like his personality. Okay, so, I, I mean, for, for those of you who don't know this, <laughs> you don't, you know, is the biggest Jay Cutler stand that has ever been. So I even even now, still, Cuddy did it. You know, and let me let me tell you something wrong, about that. Anything anything ever goes wrong in Chicago, it's Jay Cutler's it's Jay Cutler's fault. One hundred percent. 
I mean, if there's uh, if there's something going wrong with the Blackhawks or the Cubs, probably still Jay Cutler's Clearly fault. his fault. But the funny part about that is, just on a, a little side note, when the Bears traded for Jay Cutler, I was one of the first people that was saying, this is not how you build a team. Great, we finally got our quarterback. I did not like that trade at all. My love for Jay Cutler came because I understood what he was as time went on. He was never going to be an elite quarterback. I thought he was above average. Um, but the the blame game of blaming Jay Cutler for everything that was wrong with the Bears yeah. was always hilarious to me. So I, I started liking him just because everyone else hated him for no reason. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but to your to your original point, you know, you were talking about the backups in Chicago. Every time a backup would come in, because uh, we'll use Cutler as an example. He was here for nine years. Cutler would either get injured, something would happen, mainly because he was running for his life behind a porous offensive line. But you would have guys like Josh McCown that would come in and and have some good games. And ha- and everyone, everyone wanted the backup. They all wanted the backup. Jay Cutler's not Tom Brady, so no one was going to tell Josh McCown, you're you know you're the starter over whoever, but they were going to look at it like we have to, this is the guy who has to play. Cutler's terrible. We're going to play this guy. Matt Barkley had two good quarters one day in, in relief. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. Matt Barkley is supposed to be the starting quarterback. And it's, it's hilarious because in Chicago comes in, in the playoff and and, and, you know, you know who ruined that lovey Smith ruined that because they were just letting this guy play in the two minute drill. And then they go and call a timeout and let the Packers defense set up. And uh, we all know how that game ended here in Chicago. But yeah, in Chicago, it was, we want the backup because the other guy stinks. In New England, it was, the backup comes in, plays pretty well, but he's going to lose his job to Brady when he's healthy. And now you've got a situation where Mac Jones, you said it at the top of the show, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league last year, and suddenly he gets hurt, doesn't really play very well to start the season, but he gets hurt and everyone wants who? The backup, a, a relative, I'm not going to say no name, but you can't tell me that Zeppi before this was someone that everyone was clamoring to get their no. hands on. No, 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 not at all. And you know what? Like he, he threw an interception every preseason game he played. Yeah, there were a bunch of people who were talking about, yeah, like you know, it, he's promising, looked really good throwing the ball. And had some people that I work with saying, like, oh yeah, the person who ran the offense best in training camp wasn't Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer, it was Bailey Zappi, because him running against threes and fours and whatever, like, oh yeah, that's great, that's good stuff. We really care about that. Um, it, but but then you had people as soon as Mac Jones gets hurt, it's like, oh yeah, well he's already as good as you know, if not better than Mac Jones right now. Like, what are you talking about? Did you watch this guy? Like, like the the legend of Jack Jones, the rookie cornerback, like that he, he's starting now and he's looking really good, ball hawking guy. His legend partly started because Bailey Zappi was feeding him the ball in training camp. It was hilarious. But but well, yeah, to that point, they're like everybody else now. And and I mean that's the thing is that in in New England. I feel like they haven't been ambiguous about the fact that Mac Jones, I mean, yeah, they, they've kind of been ambiguous in the press or whatever. Maybe they're trying to light a fire under him, but everything you hear is that out, out of their campus, Mac Jones is going to be the starter when he comes back. I mean, right. This isn't, it's not difficult for them. It's difficult for people to understand outside the organization, but it's not difficult for, for new England to understand that this is our best. He's our best chance. We drafted him for where we drafted him for a reason he played well for an entire season pretty much last year in his in his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, 
you're 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 gonna ride this guy until you realize maybe he's not the guy. Which kind of exactly. leads which kind of leads me into mm-hmm. a guy in Chicago that mm-hmm. some people are already questioning. Is he the guy? Kyrie, I know you know where I'm going with this. And I know I kind of have the idea of where you're going, how you're going to respond. But uh, look, Justin Fields has not been great uh, to start his season or uh, has not been great really to start his career. I am willing because I've seen what happens to quarterbacks in this town who don't get the support they need. I am willing, and I love that you put that up at the bottom, have the Bears already ruined Justin Fields? And the point to that sentence or that question is, have the Bears ruined Justin Fields? It's not whether or not Justin Fields is a bad quarterback. It's whether or not the Bears have put anyone around him that either A, can protect him, or B, that he can get the ball to other than a running back, which is something that quarterbacks here in Chicago have had. They've typically had some semblance of a running game with, for the most part, no receivers and no offensive line to protect them. And I think the idea is, well, if the offensive line isn't any good, Justin Fields can run, so just let him run. But then when he runs and he gets hurt, that's not how you play quarterback. Right. Then when he runs and he gets hurt, the idea is, well, why did he run? He should have thrown. He should be a pocket passer. Why is he holding the, onto the ball so long? It's you know? incredible. And, and it's like, yeah, he holds on to the ball a long time. I mean, that, that that's kind of his game. That's what he does. He did that in college. He did it his first year. And I think the thing is, right, yes, has Justin Fields been great? No. But he had two games last year against the 49ers and the Pittsburgh Steelers where he was clearly unambiguously the best player on the football field for good portions of those games. He's already had one of those games this year against the Minnesota Vikings, where in that second half, he was the best player out there. He was the only reason that that game was close. And then you had, you know, against the commanders, he was not good, but again, he just, made some stuff happen at the end of the game. He threw two touchdown passes. Those those last two passes, those were touchdown passes, and his receivers dropped the ball. And so it's like, you know, yes, has he been everybody's paradigm of what a good quarterback should be? No, he definitely has not. He has a lot of work to do as a pocket passer and, 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 you know, kind of speeding things up without letting his mind run wild. He's got. He's still got to find his balance and find his particular way of how he needs to play in the pocket. There have been signs that he can do it, but it has not been consistent enough. But again, I look at the situation that this guy is in, and, and again, I think about it in relation to the New England Patriots, where they don't have the greatest receiving core ever, but all of those guys are NFL football players. They are NFL caliber football players who can get open and catch the damn football. They can produce if when, when you ask them to. And they have a young rookie receiver, imagine that, in Tyquan Thornton, who he, he comes in and immediately scores touchdowns and immediately looks like he belongs in the NFL. Can we get a rookie receiver for Justin Fields that does that? Because Velas Jones right now, Velas Jones is not it right now in, in regards to that. But, but look, to, to have that and to have an offensive line that it's not perfect, but is generally regarded as one of the top 10 offensive lines in the league. Why can't Justin Fields have that? Right. You know, you, know, you, you mentioned those two games where 
Justin Fields was arguably the best player on the field for both teams at, at any point in that game. And I'm going to make a comparison here. And before anyone uh, comes back at you later on, when I'm not on, on this podcast and says, this is one of the worst comparisons ever. I just want to compare him to a player who typically tends to be the best player on the field in any given game. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, I'm exactly where I was going with, I'm I'm not going to compare Justin Fields to Lamar Jackson, but I am in the sense that he has the ability to be the best player on the field. The problem for Justin Fields is he does not have the players, any semblance of the team around him that Lamar Jackson has. Now, even Lamar Jackson's players around him, even his roster is not elite across the board, but he has people who, to your point a moment ago, are NFL playmakers or at least NFL players. And, and the and Bears don't really have out how to play in. He, he, he's gathered enough how to play yes. like in those conditions. He's a much better pocket passer now than he was a couple of years ago. Much better. Yes. People keep on thinking of him as the guy who came into the league and all he could do is run. Same thing with Jalen Hurts, right? Is that all he could do is run. He can't sit in the pocket. He can't throw the ball. Everybody's ripping Jalen Hurts for scrambling too much and Lamar for scrambling too much. And now, like, in Jalen Hurts' third year, much better from the pocket than, than he was. He can, he can play there and hurt you with his arm. Lamar Jackson's a wizard in there now from the pocket. I mean, it, it's night and day. But again, this idea that he, Justin Fields, has shown a couple of times more so than I think any of the other guys, except maybe Trevor Lawrence. I think I think Trevor Lawrence is kind of he hasn't been good either, but he's been consistently a little bit better than than Justin Fields um, and some of these other guys, except for perhaps Mac Jones. But you never thought Mac Jones was the best player on the field, right? At, at any point last year, right? At, at no point was he, and I, I don't want to say was he the guy that could take his team on his shoulders and carry him to victory because. He may be able to do that, but he still needs players around him to do that. Yes. And I don't I don't think Justin Fields needs players around him in order to actually do that. Just like Lamar Jackson doesn't need players around him. He in doesn't order need to... elite players. He needs players. Correct. Correct. You know, but but he doesn't he, need everything to be perfect. He needs someone that another team will look at and say, this person can make a play or this person is a threat in some way, shape or form. I need to focus on them and take the focus off of a guy like Justin Fields. Yes, yes. And and I, I think that's the thing, right? Having a great quarterback, a, a truly elite quarterback means that you can get away with certain things not being perfect. Uh, and, you know, I think with Mac Jones, the way that his skill set is, right, everything's got to be timed up well. Um, you know, the, the pass got to be pinpoint. The receiver's got to do their jobs. The offensive line's got to do their jobs, like kind of to a T in right. order to have consistent success with that. And, I mean, to an extent, that's how it was with Tom Brady, too. It's not like his his arm wasn't horrible. I feel like people kind of look at it like, yeah, like he couldn't throw the ball either. I think, honestly, Tom Brady's arm has gotten better with age, which is a stupid thing to think about with him <laughs> being 45 years old. But again, it's like he his weapon was his brain. It was, it was his brain and just kind of pure guile and his accuracy. It wasn't about, oh, my goodness, he can, he can break you know, three tackles behind the line of scrimmage and then chuck it 60 yards down the field on the line. It was never about that. You can, you can win. People have this idea now that you can't win with a pocket quarterback now. It's got to be a Josh Allen or it's got to be a Justin Fields. It, it really doesn't. 
You just have to do it differently. And, and look, just by any measure, to me, the Bears have left Justin Fields out to dry. And they're basically saying, look, man, like we know that we're rebuilding. This isn't going to be a good team. If you're if you're elite and you're amazing, then maybe we'll invest in you next year. Until now, until then, try not to die. Yeah, you know, and you you mentioned it. Look, there's never going to be an abundance of running quarterbacks that are at the top of the league. It's always going to be uh, a list of pocket passers with a few guys who can run in there. I'm yeah, not so like, like Josh Allen can run, and they do run correct. sometimes, but he's a it's about his arm. It's about his arm and his arm talent. And, and it's, it's actually about the threat of running. It's less about whether or not those quarterbacks actually run. It's can they to get done what needs to get done? Can they run in order to get a five yard, you know, third and five, can they get first down in that? They can, are they going to do it? Not necessarily, but if they roll out of the pocket, there's the threat. And when that becomes a threat outside the pocket, now you're talking about guys being open downfield so that they don't have to run. And I think that's the key to what Justin Fields' future is going to be. The Again, the problem is there are people downfield that can't catch the ball, so that doesn't really matter. So they're all going to come up and take care of Justin Fields no matter what. Uh, that I mean, we could beat that. We could beat that dead horse all day, but... I think to your point, I don't think, or to your original question, I don't think the Bears have ruined Justin Fields, but you know the fan base here in Chicago, and I know that there's a lot of people who are already off the bandwagon of Justin Fields. They don't have any other answers. They don't have anyone to replace him, but they just know that he's garbage. No, no one, no one, no one's asking for Trevor Simeon, but there are definitely a lot of people looking at CJ Stroud and Bryce Young and being like, hey, maybe we can get one of them. And the Bears might be bad enough to, to be in position, but I still feel like they might uh, out hustle and outwork a couple teams to a point where they, they won't be the worst team in the league. So, we'll, yeah. We'll and, see. and real quick, I just want to say on that point, I, I obviously watch a lot of Bears football. They do have two wins. They've been close in most of these other games that they've lost. I attribute a lot of that to Matt Eberflus because we've talked about how this roster is not necessarily elite and in some cases not even NFL caliber roster players. Yeah. But their defense has been okay. It's It's been good. It's been bad. There's been flashes. They, they should been, be worse. I, I, feel I, like they, I agree. They should be worse. And, the and, fact and that I they're think not worse. I think that's a Matt Eberflus thing. So for those of you, um, you know, in New England, Matt Eberflus is brand new head coach to the Chicago Bears this year. So it's it's a situation where I think the coach right now and the coaching staff is kind of raising these guys up a little bit. And, you know, you mentioned it. I don't see a number one pick in their future in next year's draft. Uh, I think it's, you know, five, five, six, seven, somewhere around there where um, they're going to win just enough games to make it look like, oh, we got something here um, and not lose enough to get that number one pick. Yeah. And I mean, hey, that might be, be good enough to get you some Michael Mayer tight end from Notre Dame, the real tight end from Notre Dame. That you I was going to say, do we yeah, keep yeah, Cole, not, not, Cole not Komet? The, not the one they currently have. Do we keep but Cole look, Komet after that? Yeah. But look, you, you, you brought up Matt Eberflus and the fact, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the fact that he's going to be going against Bill Belichick. And actually last year, uh, Matt Eberflus's defense did a number on Mac Jones 
and and that Patriots offense really made things tough for them. I, I mean, they don't have the same level of talent around them. So, uh, um, you know, the, the Bears versus the Colts from last season. So I don't know that it's going to be quite that difficult, but they, they were able to scheme up a couple of things to, to make things tough on, on the Patriots offense last year, really did a solid job. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but I want to ask a question right now. I don't know how closely you've been following it, but since this is a Patriots podcast, why not put the question to you? Who would you rather go against for this game on Monday night? Bailey Zappi, who's been the hot hand, or Mac Jones, who's probably the better player, but not probably. He is the better player, but he's been rusty, and he hasn't been necessarily that good to start the year. Who would you rather have? Yeah, and I guess I guess my answer is contingent on I you're right, I don't follow New England as closely, but I do know the differences between the players. I guess my question to you before I answer that is how healthy is Mac Jones? Because think, yeah, the reports are that he's probably like 90%. If he's 90%, I want to face Zappy. And the reason I want to face Zappy is because while he may have the hot hand, I think, and I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but based on your our interaction at the beginning of this show, I think you would agree here. We we think that Mac Jones is the the much better overall quarterback for New England. He's obviously, or well, he was obviously the future of the quarterback position in New England. And he played an entire season in which he looked pretty good overall. There weren't many huge hiccups or anything like that for Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were rookie struggles and, and towards the end of the year. But when you compare and contrast them to everybody else's rookie struggles, who were just they were just bad, I think you take that. You know? Yeah, and you mentioned Eberflus's defense, you know, stopping, basically shutting down or having at least a, a pretty uh, solid game against Belichick last year. But I would still not want to. If I'm the Bears, I don't want to face Mac Jones because Mac Jones is the better quarterback. I think he knows that offense better. And I think he understands I, he understands how to how to win games. I, it's it's interesting that I'm saying that because you know for a for a relatively young quarterback, he just seems to ha- have that that mental, you know some some guys have it, some guys don't, but that the mental capacity to figure out how to win games and not necessarily not how to lose them. Yeah, and I mean he made mistakes earlier in the year, and that's the counterpoint that people are going to talk about, right? The the, the intercepts the interceptions that he threw that were maybe uncharacteristic of Mac Jones. Then look at Bailey Zappi and the way that he was playing. He didn't, he only threw one interception and it wasn't his fault. He put it right in Nelson Aguilar's hands and it clangs off and goes into the defender's hands. And it's like, yeah, great job. Right. Um, but again, you've been playing clean football, playing well against a couple really bad defenses and the lions and the Browns. But again, you're playing well. I mean, so, I mean, it is what it is. But my thought is, you ride that train a little bit too long, and then you you find the risk. You, you you find yourself finding out against a pass defense that isn't necessarily great for the Bears, but it's better than anything Zappy's faced thus far. And I don't think Zappy's played anybody like Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, or Roquan Smith this year. I mean, well, he has not played anybody like that. And right. so then you have a guy maybe. 
tricking him and, or, or just making a play that some of these other guys weren't making. And then, okay, how, what does that look like for Bailey Zappi? I feel like with Mac Jones, I mean, yes, it has not been perfect, but again, he's better. He's shown that he can rebound from some mistakes. And so I'm looking at that and saying, I, I mean, look, if the, if the Patriots want to compete with the teams they want to compete with at the top of the division or in, in a playoff setting, you want to do that with Mac Jones. You don't want to play around doing that with a rookie. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and look, we, we opened the show talking about the backup quarterbacks just in general in New England and Chicago. But at some point, and look, Bailey Zappi may be, he, he may turn out to be something special. He may turn out to be a starting caliber quarterback in this league. But they usually start out as a backup for a reason. And when you come in and you surprise some people because no one's expecting to play you for a week or two, or even in some cases three, I think uh, Zappi's started two games, but he came in in relief in, the, in a third. So it's a situation where, yeah, he's two games into his career and everything's coming up roses right now, but the shine's going to wear off eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Bears defense, but I'm actually more interested to see with the extra days that this coaching staff had because they last played a Thursday night game. And now not only are they getting an extra three days at the end of a week, but they're getting that extra day because it's a Monday night game. I'm interested to see how how that coaching staff is able to scheme for uh you know the rotating quarterbacks in New England or or yeah. whoever you know a guy like Bailey Zappi who like we were talking about nobody had any tape on him but now you do you have two and a half games worth yeah it, it's interesting though you look at the Bears history of of doing oh things. don't even don't even start yeah, yeah with with their with their uh, extended things coming off of a bye it's typically not good so. I'm going to reserve judgment on Matt Eberflus and, until until we see it uh, you know, in, in real time. But, man, most of the time, if you're like, oh, yeah, the Bears have extra time to prepare, I'm like, no, take that extra time away. Yes, please. <laughs> please make them please play know. an exhibition game or something somewhere yes, in the, in the yes, middle of the week. God. No, none, none of that. <laughs> Drastically well, shorten your time. Well, it's either that or uh, this one was my favorite. I don't know if you remember this. This was a couple years ago. Um, uh, the Bears wait, came wait, up. Hold on a second. No, it was it – was, was it the Packers that they okay? I'm I, I gotta think about this. Back in 2014, the end of the Trestman era, was it the was it the Patriots that smoked them coming off a bye? Yeah. Or was it the Packers? Oh, no, it was it was it was, it was it was either or because they that was that was their back to back. It was before the bye. They got destroyed. Oh, it was yeah, then it was the it, bye week. Then yeah. they got destroyed coming out of the bye. I think it was the Patriots. And that, it was the it was Patriots Packers were the, were the two teams. I just can't remember which order. Yeah, they exactly. Were. I got, got to, got to look up this order now because I got to think about it. <laughs> but it's was. funny because we think about, you know, you mentioned that we all know about that here in Chicago, uh, how, how terrible the bears have been coming out of a buy or with extra time. But my favorite was an in-game issue. They had once where they came out of halftime and had oh to call God. a timeout on the first play <laughs> coming out of halftime because they were about to get a delay a game penalty. Yeah. How, so, yeah. how so, is that so, even yeah. possible? Yeah. Okay. So, so it was, it was the other way around. So the Patriots obliterated the bears 51 to 23 yep. that year. And then they went into the bye, and then they came out of the bye and got smoked by the Packers 55. I was going to say 14. they gave up, 
back they gave to back up 50 burgers points in two games. In two games. I don't know how I don't know how they made it through the season. Back to back 50 burgers with a week I, off in between. That's incredible. It's one of the most incredible stats I think I'll ever hear. Like that. <laughs> yeah. You have to be legendarily bad yeah. at, at your job in order to do that. Like so, there's so with with that in mind, let, let let's finish it on this. Do you have any hope for the Bears this week against the New England Patriots? Oh man, you look—you <laughs> know you're asking the wrong guy about this, okay? Because hope is not something that springs eternal in Vito Albanese. No, not when it comes to the Chicago Bears. Uh, y- yes, yes, because for as great as Bill Belichick is, for as solid as New England has been, um. I I feel like this is the time if there was any chance even though the bears are extremely subpar I feel like there's a little chink in the armor for 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 Bill Belichick right now and the New England Patriots as to their air of invulnerability going year after year winning 10 games 11 games all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um I, I yes there is hope for the bears. Do I think they're going to win the game? No. Um, do I think they can keep it within a score? I do. I think I do. Um, but again, I think that also goes back to the coaching staff and how they've been able to kind of keep these guys in it, even though they are less talented. One thing, yeah. one question I do have for you, though, before sure. before you opine on this, yes. you mentioned Eddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. I I dislike Eddie Jackson for not because I don't think he's a good football player because I I think he was misused for a couple years here in Chicago. Um, But I have a big problem with Eddie Jackson tackling and he's, he's, he's just a terrible, he's a terrible tackler. I don't understand how he's regressed from what he used to be. Um, He's he's more of a ball hawk. I disagree this year. He's a better tackler this year. He was bad I don't know. the last couple of years. He was horrific. He's he's had a lot of Chris Conti pin your arms to your sides, torpedo into a guy, and instead of knocking him over, actually he bounces off himself. Um, he he's looked, still good. <laughs> look, look, he's been better, but that's like I mean, you know, better than garbage is still kind of garbage sometimes. Um, when a, when a, but he Peter has Frank been, is, it's garbage. It's, he, it's, it's garbage. Absolute garbage. <laughs> he, he has been better at finding the ball, which is where he is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say elite, but a really, really good se- player in the secondary as a ball Hawk. Yeah. Do you I- think he is, he is the playmaker for the bear? Do you think he is a, a game changer for the bears that we thought he was? Three years ago. Not right now, but I think that he's closer to what he was in 2018 than 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 he is to what he was last year, if you okay. understand what I mean. Yeah, 100%. Three, three interceptions already. I think he, he's also caused a couple of fumbles, even though the Bears haven't entirely recovered them. Um, but he, but he's been making plays on the football and I feel like his mentality and, and the fact that he's been coming downhill more, 
in run support. I think he's looked way more aggressive than he usually has as a tackler, even if the technique isn't always sound. Um, I, I think he's more of an impact player um, than, than he's been in the last couple of years when they were really paying for what he did in, in you know, what, 2017 and, you know, 2018. And so I, I, I think that he's much better than he was. And I think that he's going to have something to bear on this game. And I think that he's going to be one of those guys that Bill Belichick is going to be watching out for and telling Mac Jones and or Bailey Zappi, yo, if this guy, you better pay attention to where he is before the snap every single time. Because if you don't, he, sne- he can sneak up on you. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I, look, I, I hope he's closer to 2018 anything than he is to the last two years because he's been pretty, pretty bad for yes. for a couple of years now. But um, I apologize. I didn't mean to get you sidetracked. I, I don't know where you were going to go with the any hope for the Bears this week, or do you think New England blows them out? But, uh, you know, to, to, to sum up what we originally talked about, yes. I, I think there's hope. I just don't think it's a win. So from my perspective, I mean, I think the Patriots are going to win. I don't think I can – I think it's really hard to talk myself into the Patriots losing this, but I do think it'll be closer perhaps than we thought. And, and part of the reason, some of it's weather because it's supposed to rain, and if that takes some of the shine off of the passing game, um, that could be uh, – that, that could work to the Bears' advantage, being able to run the football a little bit more. The other thing being that if – Christian Barmore, uh, their best interior lineman for the New England Patriots, if he can't play, which it's interesting because he was expected to uh, speak to the media earlier this week, and that's usually a good sign that a guy is going to play. But then he was replaced at the last minute by Jack Jones, the, the cornerback. And when that happened, I think that definitely set off some alarms that he might not be good to go. And if he's not good to go, that could be very interesting for – look, the, the, the Bears are not going to be able to stop Matthew Judon, I, I don't think. Like on, on in terms of the offensive line, they are not going to be able to contain him. Um, Dietrich-wise, they'll have a little bit of an easier time with, but I still think he's good enough to beat Braxton Jones more than once. Um, but if, if they're able to stop that defensive line from getting pressure up front and Barmore's their main guy – that you have to account for up front, like right in the middle of the defense. If if that's not happening, then that's an interesting wrinkle to this, where maybe with a potentially different offensive line than what you were going to have, which you might have Michael Schofield in there at left guard and Lucas Patrick finally sliding over to center, which is what a lot of us, us have been expecting. Yeah, must have forgot bench. So yeah, so so if if that happens the way we expect, then. That could be interesting. I don't know that it's enough to say that the Bears are going to win, right? But but it could be it could be an interesting wrinkle to this. And just generally, look, I think we've seen it now. Justin Fields, even when he's not good, if you have him, you have a chance. And that's been the case in every game this year so far, whether they've won or lost. They probably, I think they would have won the Vikings game if Amir Smith-Marset doesn't get the ball ripped out of his arms. I think they they could have well been on their way to winning that game. Um, and if, you know, his touchdown run doesn't get called back because, again, Amir Smith-Marset, bad. Who, who, is, who, by the way, is no longer on the roster. So Yes, by the way, no longer on the team. <laughs> and if 
either Dante Pettis or Darnell Mooney just catches the football at the end of that commander's game. We're talking about a team that's maybe three and three or four and two or you four and know. two, man, you know, that's which would be insane to think that they would be there. Um, given what, what they looked like as a team. But again, the fact that they are two and four probably speaks to more of what they actually are. Yeah. You, know, you are what your record says you are. So I think they're going to be in this game because they're tough, they're competitive, they play hard, blah, 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 blah. And there's always that chance that maybe during this mini buy, they have figured something out with some of the tinkerings and, and machinations that maybe they found a way to squeeze a little bit more out of this passing game. And then Justin Fields can just, I don't know, pull something out of his butt. When, when, when the time comes. But I think that all in all, that's just asking a lot. That is asking a lot for the Bears to, to beat this Patriots team, who's just better. Let's just keep it real. Yeah. Patriots are better. I don't know that they're 10 points better necessarily. I had them at 24-14 before I kind of knew what the weather forecast situation looked like and before I knew about some of the offensive line changes and some of the injuries to the Patriots. I don't know that they're 10 points better now, but they're still better. I think I'm in that window too. I was going to say maybe 23-16, something like that. Um, I guess, I know you want to wrap it up. I, I guess my question to you before you do that is, you talked about the Bears have a chance if Justin Fields is on the field. How long does he stay on the field taking some of the hits that he's taken? Now, I'm not even talking about running outside of the pocket. I'm just no, talking no, about no, no. behind his offensive line. Yeah. Um, I, I just... You see him get up slowly a lot. I mean, I will never question this guy's toughness. We all saw what what he did in in college. I mean, playing with uh, messed up ribs and, you know, just the guy's eternally tough. But sometimes you, you just get hit too many times too hard that you just can't be out there. And I, I'm just wondering how long he – I mean, I there were times two weeks ago or last week where I thought his offensive line was going to get him killed by week six or week seven. I, I don't know that he's going to be able to play all 17 games with, with the way this has been going for him. I, I just, I don't think so. Um, but again, some of this is going to depend on, can he learn to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker and throw the football away every once in a while? There's, there's always that chance that maybe something kind of clicks a little bit more for him. But as of right now, if you had to ask me that, I don't know that he's going to make it through the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I just don't see it happening. I see him playing 13 games max, something like that. So, yeah. And then get this man an offensive line and see if he's it next year. Basically, That's right. That's right. And that's and I think that's what Bears fans need to understand. Like this year is not the year to this year is to kind of figure out what you what these guys kind of can do. But next year is the year to if you build someone around this guy on offense and he still can't figure it out next year, then you kind of know and you can go out and get your free agent or whatever you need to do. But this is not the year to kind of figure that out. Nope, not really. This is let's see uh, who's on the team for next year and we'll and we'll don't get this guy killed. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and again, (laughs) if again, if, uh, you know, they end up with a top two pick, then. Maybe you think about it. I think you you should you should at least consider the possibility of drafting a quarterback. But for my money, I still think that he's got the ability to to get this done. We shall see uh, where where this all ends up. But yo, thank you so much once again, Vito Abinanti, my good friend, 
And again, the reason, one of the big reasons I am here with you today, much appreciated. Thank you for joining me, man. And uh, good luck with that two kid life. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, good luck uh, at, with the, at least for a short time, you know, that, that solo dad life. I really appreciate you asking me to come on. Uh, I loved it, man. I loved, uh, love touching base with you. Uh, these are always, uh, these are always great times when we can get to get together and do a show. So I appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. You have a great rest of your day and uh, let's see what happens on Monday night. And hope for the bears. No. No, well, not on see, your I'm, I'm not allowed to do that. Okay? I know. I'm, I'm I know. <laughs> now. No cheering in the press box. And you know, the, the funny thing is, is that sit, we've been we've been ranting bears this entire time. And, and look, there's definitely a part of me that, I mean, there's always going to be bears fandom in me. But honestly, like, I, I wouldn't call myself a Patriots fan, but I am invested. Like, let, let's not let's not be let's not trip on this. If the bears did beat the Patriots. I don't know that I would feel as good, like happy for the Bears so much as what the hell for the Patriots <laughs> because that because that's my job, right? So it's like I'm gonna be like, well, Justin Fields look better, yay, great stuff. But I'd be like, what the hell does this mean for the Patriots? Do they suck? I actually won't feel anything for the Patriots, but if the Bears win, I will be just as confused and also wonder: Is this actually a good thing for the Bears to to start winning these games? Um, yeah. I mean, look, winning's and then, good. And then but... it's like, wait, no, they should have lost for the tank. Yeah, <laughs> and not necessarily for the tank, but so people don't think there's something they're not. Because you mentioned yeah. it, you know, the old, the old, is that a Parcellsism? The old, uh, you, you are, are what your record says, yep, says you are. Because you talked about they could be four and two, but in reality, they're two and four, and that's probably a little closer to who they are. So exactly, better better to get a feel for it now than than later, right? Yes, yes. Well, uh, thanks again. I really appreciate it. I I can't say. Uh, I can't say thank you enough. And uh, I mean, you would never really want me on again, but I would love to come back. So, <laughs> hey, another time, if I if I need if I need a, just a good, good rant, you know, for for a oh. Sunday, you know, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking for some stuff to talk about. Why not? You've you come know? to the right place. We, we can sit up there and rant for a good hour. I mean, it's Perfect. 45 minutes this time. We barely even tried. We could have done more. That's true. This this was nothing. This was, yeah. we could have we could have done double this at least. Dude, we've done three hour shows before. We have, and people people have cried afterwards. Uh, namely, you and I. But yes, <laughs> thank you so much. Take care. <laughs>